In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Orange is lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey, Lanterncast family, I'm Chad Bogleman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lanterncast. San Diego Comic Con 2015 Special Report. <laughs> all the ships uh, at sea. Uh, so San Diego Comic Con was this past weekend, and uh, well, yeah, because we're recording this on Monday, and we couldn't do this Sunday because. Well, we could uh, have considering, but in the big picture. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're saving the big one for last, uh, and if you're listening, you know what the big one is, uh, so don't even bother. Uh, but where do you want to start, Mark? Well, I'll start with the Green Lantern stuff then, since it is a Green Lantern podcast. We should. You want to tell them? I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot there. No, and as, so. and, and as the overarching Which is theme... actually pisses me off. Yeah, I know. As the overarching theme to this episode, kind of, even though there's some cool things that came out of Comic-Con, there, there's not anything, there wasn't a whole lot of earth-shattering news really in the big picture from Comic-Con, which is kind of becoming a trend in a way. Uh, so the only thing really Green Lantern re- related is that they announced that the title of the Green Lantern movie, if we ever see it in the year 2020, <laughs> will be Green Lantern Corps, which, woo-hoo! We, woo-hoo! which maybe by proxy does kind of confirm the idea that it's going to be more that. The idea, the rumors of it being more like Hal and John Stewart as maybe the two lead Green Lanterns, uh, maybe that kind of like adds a little more credence to that rumor. Plus, it certainly create, it certainly opens the door that it's, it makes it pretty clear that it's not going to be just one Green Lantern, even if it turns out to be just one Earth's Green Lantern, which is still probably doubtful. That it's definitely going to be based around the core itself, which you know. So that's that. There was and the disappointing news, especially based on all the rumors that had had been circulating, that we were going to get some kind of reveal for who the Green Lantern or Green Lanterns were at Comic Con, turned out to be yet another <laughs> added added to the list of yet again, you know, more the, as Daenerys would say, you know, the wheels the, and on and on the wheel spins. That more and more Green Lantern rumors and more and more nothing really comes to fruition about it. At least. It gets delayed, so that pretty much was the only real Green Lantern movie news, certainly. Uh, yeah, some people were like, "Well, if it's going to be Green Lantern Corps and it's more than one Earth Lantern, then there's going to be there's going to be a Hal origin and like a John Stewart origin in one movie." N- no, guys, there's a Justice League movie, <laughs> two of them, in fact, <laughs> before Green Lantern Corps ever gets off the ground. Uh, let alone whatever cameos Hal might appear in before then. So Hal will be an established character by the time Green Lantern Corps comes around. So calm your tits. 
and, and the good news is, uh, maybe, maybe finally this will get Newsarama to stop pumping up Jessica Cruz, and she has absolutely nothing to do with the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Even though I will throw them a bone at the same time, so they just kind of took a shot at them. I, I do kind of like the way they cover Comic Con when they're doing the live panels because I did kind of I did watch a few of those over the uh, over the weekend, but the but the auto updates I've kind of always liked the way Newsarama has done that. So I don't want to be like pouring salt on wounds needlessly. So Mark's battle with Newsarama continues. What was that? Mark's battle with Newsarama continues. Yeah, my battle, which is your battle to start with. I just took <laughs> up the mantle for you. Yeah. You've kind of adopted it. I, but I already adopted it. I already adopted it with Jessica Cruz. Just please, guys, let it fucking go. It's not going to be Jessica Cruz. You only adopted it. <laughs> I was born Oh, it's not going to be Jessica Cruz. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it, Green Lantern Corps. Uh, hopefully this means that if we hear casting rumors of uh, who's playing, like, Carol Ferris and stuff like that, it won't really matter in the long run because it'll be just a small supporting role before we, you know, just go straight into space for everything. If if we even spend any time on Earth at all, depending on how established Green Lantern is and where he is at the end of the movie. You know, for all we know at the end of whatever movie we last see Green Lantern in before we see Green Lantern Corps, Hal is called away into space and then, you know, meets Jon Stewart out on a mission in space, you know, so. Or they could do the whole sector partner concept, or they could do, yeah. or they could, depending on the mission Hal's being sent off to, they may feel there's a need for a a replacement, you know, even if it's temporary for Sector 28. 14 and then they and that's how john ends up coming into play who knows but as as we all know we let's have a long road between here and and 2020 from, from a movie point of view so first first uh batman and superman have to, has to be successful and popular and then then you gotta then you gotta hope uh Another movie we'll be talking about that follows that movie is fair. It's fairly successful and popular, or else some of these things, their best laid plans, could start falling apart pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And since Green Lantern is one, if is pretty much the last thing on the slate for the that, there's so many things that could derail that movie, unfortunately. And speaking of tiny non-event news, uh, not not much uh, discussion. Uh, I'm mentioning it because I'm a char- fan of the character. So screw you guys. It's Part my show. I, I'm going to drop it. Um, the, uh, the 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 Gambit logo was released during Comic Con. That's it. <laughs> uh, Channing Tatum was there, and at the very end of the panel, didn't say diddly squat, and just took a picture with the X Men cast. Um, and the uh, the the big Fox the the big Fox uh, Marvel panel. Um, basically, that was it. They revealed the logo. Channing Tatum was there, and that's it. What do you think of the logo? It's for for those who don't know, it's in the it's in, it's going to be in the 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 album art for our for our uh, episode. But it's basically a the back of a playing card, and the playing card. I don't know. Is, it, is that burned or has it got blood stains on it? It's it's definitely been through some stuff, um, and it just says Gambit on the back. It's definitely different from other Marvel movie type, and, I, and I'm including Marvel Studios and Fox Studios movies here. It's definitely different from all those other ones because all those other ones are just like cool fonts. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much fonts. A, 
Yeah, this just this, this one definitely has a definitely plays off, you know, the playing card aspect of which is kind of you know, the trademark really of Gambit, one of them anyway. So, yeah, I mean that that's kind of cool. Um for the Fox, the Fox panel itself, it kind of the Fox panel is interesting itself because you pretty much had really two movies that people really were, had any they showed footage from and or people really cared about anyway. I think they did show fo- footage from Fantastic Four too, but no, but it really wasn't much different. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that leak, um, but I didn't do a big search for it either to see if that footage leaked. Yeah, we're um, not talking Fantastic Four, guys. Just heads up, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see anything marked it. I mean, I saw there was a panel. And they talked to him, and I saw that there was some footage, but I honestly, because the main trailers are already out there, I honestly didn't really care. Right, I, and to be fair, I, I'm in the same boat about that. I think there was more Doctor Doom in it, so that would have been kind of cool to see. But And Wolverine and Hugh Jackman was there, and they talked about, you know, he kind of teased that old man Logan again was going to be the, the idea of um, his final go-around, as his, his final solo movie anyway. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll still be. He'll still have his cameo in X Men Apocalypse, since that technically releases first anyway. I wonder if uh, if uh, Gambit's going to be in there. I mean, uh, kinda... I think Channing Tatum, at least based on what he said, I believe he had previously stated that he will not be in X Men Apocalypse, which doesn't mean it's true, and it doesn't mean things can't change. But I believe he had stated before Comic Con that he was that Gambit was not going to show up in an X Men Apocalypse. Uh, but we will see. So I'm just waiting to see him in costume, and I really want to hear his accent. If I see, if I'm okay with the costume and the accent is solid, I'll probably all my fears will be will be alleviated until I see actual footage from the movie. Well, it would be nice. And I was watching something today from Brian Singer talking about Apocalypse and talking about how that that we're probably or certainly possibly going to see a little bit closer to, at least a semblance, a step closer anyway, to what we kind of, to the X-Men uniforms that we're kind of familiar with as in a little being a little more either colorful and or individual. So, what that means is, you know, it may only mean one character or two characters, but I, he's kind of, he kind of, he kind of teased that. Uh, so, X-Men, X-Men Apocalypse did, and... Chad and I looked at this today too. They did, you know, the footage from X Men Apocalypse was did leak online too, which was unfinished. To be fair, there wasn't a whole lot of special effects and everything, and that's part of the reason why that one. You, you can probably take that to the bank at the moment. That one's not going to be officially released because it's really he's only been shooting for a short period of time. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this here because Mark is probably a little more excited about this than I am, and and I told Mark about uh, this on Facebook. Guys, I like the Fox X-Men movies. I do. Uh, you know, I'm excited when I see them. I'm excited when they're announced. And I'm kind of excited for certain casting announcements. Honestly, beyond that, I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm not that it hyped about it. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not chomping at the bit. Maybe like a couple of weeks before it comes out when we've seen tons and tons of different kinds of trailers and more revealed about the plot. Maybe then, but basically between casting announcements and, and and actual like a week or two before the movie comes out, I just don't care. Uh, that's it doesn't mean I'm not excited to see it or won't enjoy it while I'm in the theater. It's just honestly, it, there's it's not going to excite me. I don't know what it is. Um, 
But beyond solo movies, like we'll talk about with one in particular in just a little bit, uh, like uh, that one and, of course, Gambit, which, you know, there's not a whole lot out right now, which is kind of odd considering the amount we've already seen from these other movies and when they release versus when Gambit's supposed to release that we still haven't seen anything. But when's Gambit's release date? 2016, I think. Was it 2016? I'm pretty sure it's 2016. I mean, I'll, I'll take a look at that. But they, remember, they just got a direct. They got. They just got a direct. A director not that long ago, so that basically meant the movie wasn't filming. I know. This is what I'm saying. Based on when Gambit's supposed to release. Oh, October, versus, October, exactly. 2016. But that's still it's, that's still that's that's still a decent amount of time. I mean, I guess. I but know. I'm just saying for the for the X Men movies, you know, honestly, including Wolverine, uh, I just don't really care until I actually see the finished product. Um, and I don't know what it is. But, you know, maybe it's just because my only exposure to the X-Universe is my, my my favorite characters, such as Gambit and Firestar and stuff like that. I've never been a big X-Comics reader. Maybe I'd have more excitement for it if I read the comics. I don't know. But I'm just not all, all that hyped for it. I saw the footage. It seemed sort of interesting. I was kind of confused because I don't know all of those characters off the top of my head. Um, Olivia Munn is hot, always. Uh, or What is her name? Is it Munn? Yeah, it's Munn. Yes. Um, but, I mean, that's that's honestly it. Uh, in terms of actual plot and everything, I'm sure Mark can tell you guys more. I just, you know, I saw it, but I don't really have much to say other than, eh, looks all right to me. <laughs> but, but you've also said that you don't really like the first class cast for the most part. Yeah, the, the first class universe was, again, that's when I started noticing that I just don't care until the movie itself is out. I'm not necessarily attached to any of the first class cast, um, except for, what's his name is Magneto. Fastbender. Yeah, he's he's pretty good as Magneto. I'm, and honestly, I don't really care too much about the guy that plays Xavier. McAvoy. Um, yeah, uh, but, and, and, and Fastbender's not, not completely. 100% for me, but there are certain moments where I'm like, damn it, that's Magneto. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Mac, I mean, I think Fast, Michael Fassbender is definitely the, if you will, he was kind of getting big to begin with, but if, if there's a breakout star who came out of you know the first class or who stole the show, I think he's he's definitely the one. As I as you and I were talking before, I don't, I like Jennifer Lawrence overall. I don't like her as Mystique. I don't. I don't. I, there's, some, there's just something about her as Mystique. I just that just doesn't do it for me. Uh, and obviously, it's not when she's barely <laughs> barely dressed wearing blue. That's physically that's fine, but it's just the characterization and I don't know. There's just something. There's just something about it. And uh, the the, the the most we've really the more interesting reveal, I guess, out of the the footage and the conference. Uh, the Hulk, the Hulk conversations about um, Apocalypse was they pretty much at least at, at, on the surface told told us at least at one point, not that it might not change during the course of the movie and there'll be different ones, but who the maybe who his the first four horsemen of Apocalypse are going to be. Uh, yeah, go ahead and list, list those off. I don't have it right in front Let's of me. Let's see if I can get it. Let's see if I can. Storm and Angel are a part of it. Storm, yeah, Storm, Angel slash Archangel are two. Magneto is one, and Psylocke is supposed to be the other. Okay. So, and again, based on history with Apocalypse and based on just movie plot, it doesn't mean that there won't be 
some you know some may come and go and they, so but that's but based on footage and based on everything else uh it's and I think artwork and everything else would indicate that those are going to, at some point anyway those four characters at the same time are going to be uh the four horsemen of apocalypse and we'll have to wait to see where the to see where Hugh Jackman comes into play because you know he's going to have to have a cameo in that movie. <laughs> Uh, did you want to tell him like what was happening in the trailer? Uh, well, it's essentially, it's like from what I remember of the trailer anyway, because I think I only watched the full full thing once. We, you get a lot. I mean, you kind of get a glimpse of uh, Oscar Isaac's there as a as Apocalypse, looking very much, you know, at least based on the unfinished footage we saw, looking relatively close to how Apocalypse looks in the comic books. You have uh, what more? McTaggart, McTaggart they're talking about how or implying that Apocalypse may very well be the first mutant. I was tracking one of them, they believe, the tens of thousands of years ago. An ancient being was born the world's first mutant. And you have the the, the discussion basically over the parts of the trailer by Apocalypse talking about how, you know, basically, you know, everybody's... You mutants are basically, I'm forget the exact way he phrases it, but you're basically being, you've, your leadership is blind and everything, and that's kind of like why you're struggling and everything. You just need, you basically need a better, you basically need a better class of leadership, which is me. And of course, they have him come, you know, coming to recruit Magneto, which is, which is kind of funny because you get the, the, the ever popular one f bomb per first class movie, and I guess that's going to be the one in this movie. <laughs> you are all my children. You're lost because you follow blind leaders. Everything they've built will fall, and from the ashes of their worlds, we'll build a better one. Who the fuck are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, and... this, this school for gifted youngsters needs a better class of mutants. <laughs> So, um, and you, and you, you see Storm with her, you see Storm with her mohawk, and I'm trying to think who else I remember actually seeing in it. You, you do see Psylocke, I believe, in it. Uh, and you see, you see McAvoy being bald at the end as, as Professor X. I think you saw Jubilee a little bit. Is it I don't remember though. Yeah, it could be, but Jubilee's been here and there in so many different X-Men movies. In a way, that's almost tradition to have Jubilee play, be played by somebody else, show up for two seconds. <laughs> Uh, but you, they, they didn't. They did not. They didn't. I don't think they really showed all, a whole lot. But it was mm. uh, the idea. The idea was basically just in for Apocalypse that, in a way, Apocalypse doesn't really care about mutant or human or the real difference between the two. He just cares about you know basically the strong and the weak. And yeah. you know, so he his his distinction isn't as clear cut. Let's say as Magneto's, where you know he Magneto tends to really only care about it. His people, if you will. So it, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think I'm. Am I as looking? Am I as stoked about it as? Oh, and they, and they had the, uh, they had our, our girl there from Game of Thrones as Jean Grey having her dream. Yeah. That's how the, that's how the trailer begins. Dreaming of the end Sophia of the world. Sophie Turner. Or yeah, whatever. Sophie Turner. Uh, they had her, had her being, had her dreaming of the end of the world. Basically, basically having a premonition, I guess, of what Apocalypse was going to do. 
saw the end of the world. I could feel all this death. Jean, it was just a dream. But it was it wasn't a, a lot of it wasn't a, a lot of footage, but it was. But it, it was it was interesting. It was I like I started to say I don't think I'm as pumped for this as Days of Future Past. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the younger versions of the classic, as in movie X Men, how they you know pull that off with Cyclops and Jean Grey and Storm and and again it it I. It would be disappointing, I suppose, if Hugh Jackman isn't, at least as a cameo in it. Who knows? He could be. He could end up being another one of Apocalypse's uh, horsemen at some point, because it's not like he wasn't in the comic books yeah. at some point. But that was that. That was pretty much it from for X Men Apocalypse, I think. But yeah, and speaking speaking of a uh, random, uh, you know, Ghibli randomly appearing in X movies, uh, there was also another random appearance of an X Men character, Colossus. You big chrome cock gobbler! The Colossus didn't show up in the Apocalypse movie. Instead, he shows up in Deadpool. <laughs> and they showed some footage from Deadpool. And oh my god. <laughs> it's rated R. It breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's irreverent. The costume is spot on. I'm, I'm so stoked. And I will be the first to admit, guys, I know as I say this, there have been times where I'm just like, I don't care about this. <clears throat> Deadpool comics, like, you know, there's, there was a while there where they were putting, like, five of them out, and I was just like, I don't give a shit. But I do appreciate Deadpool. I don't necessarily get the overwhelming... Uh, <laughs> excitement people have for that character, but I do love me some Deadpool every now and then. You know, it's just cool to, when I do read it, it's just like, <laughs> you know, just get a good chuckle, which I don't get from comic books very often. So it, it's it's definitely funny, and one of the best lines, and I, I, we've got several bits of footage, as, you'll, as you've now been able to tell, since we've already started talking about X-Men Apocalypse and, and things like that, you've you know, heard we've got a little bit of audio clips we're throwing in this episode. Uh, but, like, there's a point in the Deadpool footage where he's getting taken back into surgery, I guess, to get his uh, healing factor or, or whatever. Uh, and he's talking about his super suit, and he's like, Please don't make the super suit green. We're animated! <laughs> yeah, on and off, on and off, not just during Comic-Con, but I think but kind of especially during Comic-Con. Whether, I like to think with it being Ryan Reynolds, it was more like he was poking fun at himself more than anything, but there definitely were a lot of shots taken related to Green Lantern, or he's been taking a lot lately, which, yeah, it's, I guess it could be double, I mean, it could be the double-edged sword, he could be doing it, trying, you know, trying to be tongue-in-cheek to make fun of himself, but at the same time, kind of trying to, uh, you know, kind, of, <laughs> kind of acknowledge, you know, the at least the perceived failings of the Green Lantern movie at the same time, you know, trying to, you know, proving he can laugh at himself. So. But there were, yeah. there, were, there were a bunch of... Yeah, he, what was the other thing? One of the things that he said was like, this is like... The, I'm, now i got to get the right friggin' word. He was talking about it was like the first time he got to walk on set in a superhero costume that before. But it was something... But, sorry, but it was something along the lines of like the first... Uh, Accurate, not he didn't use accurate, but the first accurate or, or 
I'm trying to remember the word that he used, but basically saying that, that, that basically this was the first time he was actually doing a proper, you know, superhero movie. Because I think he, I think, because he caught himself, and then he, because he trying to, but he, he tied it into Green Lantern again, directly implying that that was not a that was not a good interpretation or a proper, you know, version of a comic book character. I just, and some I saw someone mention this online, so I, I, this isn't my own original idea. But with him breaking the fourth wall and stuff, I hope to God he recognizes Stanley if Stanley has a cameo. <laughs> I, I would just love to see Deadpool like, hey! <laughs> Does that old bastard have to show up in every movie? <laughs> Get out of here! Oh, that would be awesome. No, that's, in all honesty, if along with, you know, of course, the, the final movie we'll be talking about, along with that, if not, Deadpool pretty much was the winner of winner of Comic-Con, which is kind of, I, I kind of feel good, at least for Ryan Reynolds on that level, just because it still doesn't, it still doesn't mean this movie's going to make serious money, because <laughs> there's, there's very little guarantee in life of that with most movies, but it, and if you look at, to be fair, not that it's all his fault, because he's not really a box office draw onto himself, but that's not, but ne- not every actor is. Some people are just like, we t- some people are just really supporting actors, or work well in, you know, tandem, but not, but not as a, when they have to carry the movie or market it on their own. But it's, so there's no guarantee that, you know, Deadpool's just because people really are, seem to be in, interested in this and they like the trailer and they think it's, it's dead on and everything else, no pun intended, that it's going to make a lot of money. But I at least feel, and it's, and I at least feel good that at least, may, <laughs> at the very least, maybe he's kind of got some of that stench of some of the, his failures off of him a little bit, at least based on perception now. And hopefully that'll. I mean, it'd be nice if it's a really a real hit for him. But he's done a lot of comic book movies which have been, eh, and have been done so so at the box office too. So it would kind of be nice to see him kind of like catch catch a break with a character he kind of is more is best suited for anyway. So yeah, I hope the I hope the trailers like in the the main like in the public because obviously the geek community is rallied around this movie. We're the reason it got made basically. Um, but uh, when it when it comes to publicly advertising and putting trailers out there, I hope they did some footage of Ryan breaking the fourth wall again, and you know, like you know, if they have to bleep out some of the the <laughs> the cussing and stuff on on in the trailer, like he just like stops and goes, "What the? <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> So people kind of get it and just be like, oh, this is a weird-looking movie. That, that's going to be cool. I know I've let you guys down before, but trust me on this one. <laughs> this one won't suck. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the footage looks great. The costume looks awesome. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what else I can say about it. It's it's really cool-looking. And uh, they haven't released uh, full footage of it uh, uh, in terms of HD, but it, it, it looks really good. <laughs> No, it looked it looked it looked pretty good. I don't have any real, I don't have any real ties to the character, so I, I just can only go by you know whether it looks interesting or not. Um, I think it's good to it's good to have you know, even though again why Colossus of all mutants is going to be in that movie still remains to be seen. Though I guess we'll have to get the plot to really understand it more entirely. Why? But it's probably a smart move to throw in a few characters you would assume other people are going to recognize, since Deadpool <laughs> since. Since Deadpool basically is kind of like the you know, kind of like the Boba Fett of the Marvel universe, 
<laughs> like a, a character like a, like I really it's hard to really understand exactly why he's as popular <laughs> as he is but, but at least at least there's more material real material with Deadpool. I mean at least there's a lot more written stuff and visual stuff. I mean Boba Fett from a, a movie point of view was a, a non-factor really from more times than not. But I think no, I think it, I think it looks promising. I think it's it's I think the fact that it comes out early in 2016 probably is better for it. 2016 is going to be freaking huge. Yeah, there's a lot of... Do you have a, the schedule in front of you? No, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to bring it up. That there's a... But yeah, there's there's definitely... Uh, there's definitely a lot of stuff coming out in 2016, but probably the fact that it's jumping... It, it comes out before Batman. It comes out before Civil War. It's probably uh, it's probably a good slot for it. Because I think as as we're seeing more and more, it doesn't it doesn't really matter, you know. It doesn't really matter too much anymore about um, when you release a movie, as in what month. I think we're getting to the point where you can have a you can have a really 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 big movie released at almost any time if it happens to really be marketed well and people care about it. So now I have now I have it open. So for, for 2016, February 12th is Deadpool. March 25th is Batman vs. Superman. May 6th is Captain America Civil War. May 27th is X-Men Apocalypse. August 5th is Suicide Squad. October 7th is Gambit. And November 4th is Doctor Strange. It's a big year, dude. It is, is, a, it is big a big year. And you, so year. You, almost, you almost know one of those movies isn't going to do that well. So the question is, which one? <laughs> Definitely not any of the Marvel Studios movies. Doctor uh, Strange is a gamble. Doctor Strange will be a gamble, but so far so was so was a movie about a talking raccoon yeah. and a walking tree. Yeah, but they weren't the main characters either. <laughs> no, but they were the biggest hit. <laughs> they, but, well, yeah, but that was part that was part of the intrigue of uh, intrigue about it. But we have to see how Ant Man does. As long as Ant Man does well, then there's no. I've re- heard nothing but great reviews. I heard it's the best Marvel movie. I've heard. It ties way more into the main Marvel universe than you would think uh, on first look, and I've heard it sets up a whole lot more than you would think. Oh, I'm sure it does. It's what seventy percent as we speak. It's seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes, um, which isn't bad. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't looked at the tracking the pr- projections yet for the weekend to see what it's what it's supposed to do. I I've think seen it's, I've I've seen reviews saying it's better than Guardians. And it may and it may very well be. I think it's I think it's going to do. I think the buzz on the buzz on Ant Man has been positive enough over the last month or so that I don't I don't think they really have to worry about it making serious money at this point. And as long as they get it, and Paul Paul Rudd is likable enough where as long as you know as long as the movie's halfway decent, I think he he's gonna he's gonna sell it. You know, so I I think I think they'll be fine. But you know. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but I so I think I mean Cumberbatch I think will be that'll be a selling point I think for Doctor Strange, and I don't, and the good news is for Doctor Strange is in you know even with Gambit coming out like a month or so before I I don't, I don't know what kind of mass appeal Gambit's gonna have. I think Gambit's gonna get pushed back honestly. I mean I know you said there's still a lot of time, but I honestly I don't I don't it think could. it's gonna be ready. Yeah, the fact that it took him so long to get to to get a director might. Uh, based on this one, earlier, this was last week. I said Ant Man was tracking for 65 million for opening weekend. 
right. Uh, well, switching gears a little bit, uh, we're going to talk about uh, two bits of comic news, and uh, not a whole lot to say here. There was there was a lot of news out of San Diego. Unfortunately, it kind of all got drowned drowned out by the more media stuff, like the TVs and movies. Uh, so I only have two bits of comic information that really jumped out to me. Uh, first and foremost is that Milestone is coming back. Did you hear about this? I think I did, yes. Okay. So Milestone uh, is, is, is is coming back. I mean, uh, we're talking uh, it was uh, hardware. Um, uh, I can't remember all the characters, but of course the main one being Static Shock uh, is coming back. And uh, I, I apologize. Uh, this, the journalist in me is pissed at myself. Uh, I, I took a screenshot of something of a website that was talking about this and neglected to include the URL, so I can't give proper source here. But I'm re- I'll read this for you. Uh, superhero comics have had a racial diversity problem since basically ever, thanks in large part to its most iconic heroes being created as white dudes by white dudes early in the 30s and the 1960s. Back in 1993, Milestone Media arrived on the scene as uh, as comics publisher... As a comics publisher with a different take, founded by black artists and writers, it imagined a fictional world that was full of black superheroes. Although it's been largely defunct since the late 90s, DC Comics announced that Milestone is coming back, and its world, Earth-M, will soon be folded into the larger DC Comics multiverse with help from Milestone co-founders Dennis Cohen, Derek Dingle, and Reginald Hudlin. So Milestone is coming back. It is part of the DC Universe, but part of the DC Universe multiverse. Instead of, you know, the New 52 launch and there was a Static Shock series and everything, and he was in the regular DC Universe, I'm assuming that this has now been split apart because of Convergence. Um, And now Earth-M is back, and that means the Milestone Universe is back. Um, And the fact that the Milestone co-founders are involved... um, uh, definitely uh, missing uh, one one notable gentleman in there. Um, God, his name is slipping my mind. Why is it slipping my mind? Shit, Static is one of my favorite characters, and I don't know why it's slipping my mind. Well, what's his name? He passed away a few years ago. I, I'm saying, I'm my mind is saying Darwin Cook, but that's not him. Um, McDuffie. Yes, Dwayne McDuffie. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Dwayne McDuffie passed away a couple years ago. Uh, definitely, kind of the face of Milestone. Um, uh, in that movement and, and all of those characters. Uh, so unfortunate that he's gone. But Earth M is back. Uh, they're in their own world doing their own stories. I don't know how much they'll cross over in the main DC universe. And honestly, I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, like, uh, let's say, you know, we've got we've got Doctor Fate, we've got Batmite, Bizarro, uh, Black Canary, all these other titles right now. Are some of these? Uh, on other Earths, and we're just not, they're not being labeled as such, and we don't know. Uh, how is this going to come out? Is it going to come out, uh, you know, DC Comics logo on one side, a Milestone logo on the other side of the cover? Um, you know, kind of like the, the whole Vertigo thing. Is there going to be a section previews, DC Comics, a Vertigo Comics, and a, a Milestone page? Like, you know, or is it just going to be solicited alongside the other DC titles as a one of the books that they're telling a story of that's happening somewhere in the multiverse. Like, I don't know, but I'm definitely excited to see static, especially in the universe that he was created in, as opposed to kind of trying to, you know, crowbar him into the DC universe alongside his milestone cohorts. 
I don't have as much experience with Milestone, though I do remember the like the world. I kind of I the only time I really got into it was during the like the Worlds Collide storyline back in '94 when they had kind of had the base. They kind of had the the, D, the main DC universe and the Milestone universe kind of like inter the crossover because I still remember like Steel interacting with hardware and things like that. So, but I think it's cool. I mean, in a way, it's one of our first. Uh, the first, there, everything. I think there was a, something else related to Comic Con. The, the but there was the first real fallout from uh, Convergence, where the ser- like series are going to be uh, not necessarily all just like New Fifty Two focused again. That the milestone is definitely one of the ones that you know is maybe the first one of the first dominoes to fall since you know since the fallout from Convergence about putting everything back on the table pretty much. So I think that I think that we definitely need more. Uh, I think we need more series like that. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done any binds yet. Still, uh, I know Corwin is yelling at me somewhere, um, but I do plan. You know, I do have a couple of series in my long boxes that I've been intending to bind for a long, long time. Uh, one of them is the original Firestorm series. I plan on having a whole run of Firestorm bound. Uh, another one is Action Comics Weekly. Uh, another, of course, is Green Lantern, uh, and another is Static. Um, I have a large majority of the Static uh, run, uh, missing several comics, but uh, I have a large majority of them. So um, I definitely am, am excited that Milestone's coming back um, and that this character is going to kind of be in the world that I know. Um, of course, I've watched the Static series, the the animated series when it was on TV a long time ago, but uh, comic-wise, I'm, I'm more familiar with traditional milestone static, and I'd like to see that. And, and for mainstream uh, comic news, with certainly Green Lantern-wise, we didn't get a whole lot of anything. Mm-mm. There wasn't really much of anything. Um, and, and one other piece of comic news that I'm excited about, Mark, not so much, but me, um, again, Took a screenshot, didn't get the quote, sorry, uh, of where it came from, but Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> uh, will be written by James Tinian the fifth, fourth, what is that, IV? Four. Four. And drawn by Freddie E. Williams the second, and Ninja Turtles co-creator Kevin Eastman will be providing a variant cover. Fun fact, Kevin Eastman is the publisher of adult sci-fi anthology comic magazine Heavy Metal. Tinian has been writing various Batman comics since 2012 and is one of the head writers of Batman Eternal and writer of the Court of Owls arc spinoff comic Talon. Williams has drawn Robin and the Flash. Tinian said in IDW's press release, IDW will be putting this crossover out, of course, as they do all of them, uh, I've been extremely lucky to, uh, I've been been extremely lucky, it just says luck, I've been extremely luck, I've been extremely lucky to spend so much time working in Gotham City, uh, but it's always a thrill to see the world of Batman through new eyes. Taking the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on a Gotham adventure is a fanboy dream come true. So, Batman and TMNT team up. Awesome. There's a match made in heaven. That's right. I can't wait. <laughs> and I and I hope... <laughs> I hope that Batman has like a what the fuck kind of a reaction, <laughs> like giant turtles, <laughs> nin- nin- ninjas. <laughs> okay, I'd love to see someone getting like Leo get into a fight 
with with Batman and there'd be like a standoff. Like they just match each other blow for blow. Like you remember was it the was it uh, DC DC the DC Marvel crossover where Batman went toe to toe with Captain America? Oh yeah, the uh And they kept trading blows and you know kind of trying to measure each other up, but at the end of it they just kind of stood there and went well we'll be here all day. <laughs> yeah, the Marvel versus DC thing. Yeah. I kind of want to see something like that with one of the, the turtles, like like probably Leo, I'm assuming, but I would love to see that. Just been the, initially try and fight each other and just be like, well, you know, we're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> um, but I'm excited about it. Mark, not so much, but I am. <laughs> I might be interested. I might be interested in it. But did they, they announce, too, that, uh, and, and completely not DC news, but that. Marvel is going to be bringing back What If, but they, like in limited series. They're going to I didn't do, hear that. Yeah, actually. there's going to be there's going to I I wait a actually I think it might have been uh it might have been a Newsarama article. I think they would tell that they're going to there's going to be a I think it's like a a monthly. I think there's a couple of month monthly series to like mini series. They run for like four months and there's like different stories. It's like something like related to the. Like the Infinity Gauntlet, like what it, or the Infi- Infinity. I think it's Infinity, and they're all related to like stuff related to Infinity Wars, Infinity Gauntlet, different things. Like what if, what if Norman Osborn had the Infinity Gauntlet or something, and they had Than- what if Thanos joins the Avengers and all. Oh, I saw a cover, like a weird kind yeah, of animation ca- thing of Thanos and Captain America. He was, yeah. Thanos was Captain America. Uh, I'll I mean, I'll see if I can find that in a second. But I, no, I just, a, fr- a friend of mine posted it on my Facebook page. <clears throat> but it, it might. Some of those things might be interesting, but it, but it's not. But it's not bringing back. Um, unfortunately, it's not bringing back what if, as in like a regular. A regular monthly series. But, it still would be cool just to revisit. There were some really good what ifs, so. I'm kind of. I was kind of intrigued. I was kind of intrigued a little bit by. By that, yeah, here it is. I got it right now. It is Newsarama. Um, what if Infinity, which actually is, can be a weekly five-issue series. So some of the things they're going to do with uh, what if the Avengers lost against Thanos in Infinity? What if Norman Osborn wielded the Infinity Gauntlet? What if Thanos joined the joins the Avengers? And they're also going to have like a, uh, a a what if in Inhumans number one with the Inhumans in Black Bolt conquering Earth and. They do show they do show some covers. There's a Guardians of the Galaxy number one, related to Infinity. So, so it looks like there's like, it looks like there's like, think, might be five one might be five one shots all. They're just Infinity with different titles. So like I think, so the yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So some of these some of the concepts that they're talking about in here is is kind of cool. So. Yeah. Uh, there was also a bit of we didn't discuss this, but there was a bit of rumor uh, out of uh, just just prior to San Diego starting up. And guys, this is like I've seen this on maybe a couple of sites on the internet. It's not widely reported. If it is, it's being touted as a rumor uh, and a false one at that, just to stir up some you know troll some people or whatever. But. Um, there could be some validity to it just based on this person's past uh, rumors that they've released. Marvel and Fox might be in talks 
And depending on how those talks go, we might be seeing an Avengers versus X-Men crossover in the year 2020. Have you heard this? I haven't heard anything concre- anything more concrete to make it sound like it's true. I do know that I do know I guess on some levels this could imply that there's a greater chance of it. I know what they, they asked they asked Singer that. And Brian, Brian Singer pretty much said he certainly wouldn't be opposed to basically the, the, the two franchises, you know, crossing over or the two universes, you know, coming together. So I guess on some level that, may, you know, that may also feed the flames, you know, that there could be some of this. But I haven't heard, yeah, I haven't heard much more than just, you know, some some scuttlebutt too about whether it's. But we have, but you know, but we had heard it. We had heard a little bit of it before that there was some some possibility about that just like we had heard just like we had heard about the idea how they that fox was going to try to establish the fantastic four and the x-men in the same universe so there could be some so there could be some cross crossovers there yeah supposedly marvel's little tantrum uh about you know kind of replacing mutants with inhumans and you know shutting down the fantastic four completely uh has sort of forced x the the fox into a corner um, which is, you know, more fuel to the fire kind of a thing. Um, and plus their deal with Sony for Spider-Man is making them going, well, maybe we can do this and still retain control. Um, so it's possible, but I just thought I'd throw that out there as part of this because the news came out like just before Comic-Con. Um, you know, if you even want to call it news, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. And it's, um, it's something worth, and it's, which would be kind of ironic in a way since, since poor Hugh Jackman's been itching, kind of like itching to cross over into that universe, and, and they might do it when he technically isn't part of the team of, of that universe anymore. Then maybe that's part of the reason why to do it, to try to use it as incentive to try to get him to come back. You never yeah. know. Um, I would also uh, now. Do you want to do Suicide Squad and then DC TV, or DC TV Suicide Squad in the last one? Yeah, let's do Suicide Squad because I think that there isn't as much really. To put the, there really isn't that much with the TV, I don't think. So Suicide there's Squad. There's not, but there is some. There is some news to drop. Yeah, let's 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 do Suicide Squad because I know let's you. Let's go you, save you, the world. Yeah, you, you were you were pretty pumped with that. Uh, I I'm pretty pumped about it. The the one thing I didn't like about it was actually what I just said. Uh, the <laughs> atypical Will Smith catchphrase line. Uh, which I don't know how many times he's actually said it, but the second he said it, I was like, God damn it, Will Smith. Um, so when he says, let's go save the world in the trailer, I was just like, oh, God, <laughs> shit. But um, I guess the biggest news of the trailer would be Joker at the end. Um, now, I will say this. Um, there was a, 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 a the, the footage leaked. Um, and then today, actually, uh, the WB released the actual footage that was at Comic-Con in full HD. But they got all pissy about it. and They, they, were, they did it kicking and screaming, let's put yeah, it that way. They basically said, we, we did not, uh, you know, we wanted to keep that footage for, you know, as a special treat for those who are in attendance at Comic-Con. Um, but unfortunately, so, you know, some, I don't know what they said, but they made it sound like they were bitching and complaining, almost like they said, you know, some ne'er-do-well kids in the audience posted it online, and we we were trying to play damage control and take it down, but it just kept popping up and popping up. 
Um, and we felt that the blurry images or whatever wasn't doing justice to this uh, amazing whatever. And so we reluctantly at least released this online or whatever. And I'm just like, at this point, is it really a surprise to anybody that footage gets leaked from Comic-Con? Like, I get it. People, like, sit there and refresh their browser to purchase tickets, and they spend so much money and time. And, you know, there should be some stuff exclusive to those people. But honestly, footage from movies and TV shows, you really think that should be something just for them? No way. <laughs> and and expecting somebody in the audience not to snag that with a phone, you're kidding yourselves. Um, should there be, like, con exclusives and stuff like that? And you know, cool opportunities to get signatures and free pictures with celebrities and uh, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's part of the reason you go to Comic-Con. Uh, but mostly you just go for the experience. Nobody expects to get exclusive access to footage or anything anymore. And honestly, the WB did it right anyways with one of their other panels. Like, basically, the minute they show the Superman-Batman trailer at Comic-Con... As soon as it was done and the panel was over, they released it online in full HD version. I don't know why they're flipping out, um, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so. it, it did. It did seem. It did really seem odd, especially like you said, especially because you know they were absolutely prepared for Batman versus Superman, and I, it's not like the footage they showed of Suicide Squad was really, really raw and so unfinished that you had to really worry about. You know, the Green Lantern effect of people looking at it and judging it and go, oh, God, this movie's going to suck. Look at it. So, at least based on sucking, based on, you know, the movie didn't look like they didn't, you know, it was, wasn't, had an incomplete feel, which people are just going to take as, oh, my God, it looks, this is going to look like crap. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They, they did not help themselves at all by react, reacting the way they did. It's kind of, a, you know, like, like you said, it's kind of a given at this point that if you're going to show stuff at, at cons that, you know, in the land of cell phones and everything else, people, you know, it's going to show up no matter what you may not really want it to, but it's going to show up. So if you really don't want that footage to be, you know, to be leaked, then either you don't show it or you make sure you absolutely, you start patting people down when they come in and taking their phones and give it back when they leave because other than that, you know, it's going to happen. So, the, so it just seemed odd why they would want, not want to, you know, release that. Especially, especially because it's really it's a project that really needs as, as much positive reinforcement as you can get. Really, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not going to sell itself, people. <laughs> and uh, just uh, I know we're on this topic of Suicide Squad, uh, Deadpool's uh, leaked footage. Uh, Ryan Reynolds himself has come out on Twitter and said, "Guys, we're going to release the HD version, but what we showed at Comic Con has not been finished in terms of post production." A lot of that stuff was really raw, and there needs to be a, a few fine-tuned things. And as we record this, the HD version of what we saw at Comic-Con is coming out in about three weeks. That's what Ryan said. He said, we'll have something for you in three weeks. So it's not... It, the, the other side of the aisle isn't, isn't like going, oh, you crappy kids doing this, the studio stuff. They're like, guys, we're planning on releasing it. <laughs> it's just, it wasn't really ready yet. <laughs> So, um, the, but the Suicide Squad footage, um, Harley, I still have a problem with Harley and Joker being all the, t- the, the tattooed and, and everything, but I gotta say, um, 
if you take away the you know the 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 metal fillings and the the tattoos on Jared Leto or whatever, just just his performance, like his his voice, which I'll throw in about right now. Oh, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you. Really, really bad. <laughs> that, that was really cool. Uh, uh, and uh, there, uh, Harley looks looks uh, really good. I was hoping for a little more insane Harley. I mean, she seemed she seemed she was definitely creepy at points, but she was not the cackling jokester Harley, you know what I mean? Right. And I, I was kind of hoping to see more of that. Um, I honestly don't yet care about the rest of the cast, including Will Smith's Deadshot. Um, the only one I'm even curious about right now is Katana at this point. I want to see how Katana works out because we've seen Katana in the Batman... Uh, what was that? Was it called The Batman? What was the, the 3D version animated movie? animated TV series for Batman. It was done in the style of, of the uh, Green Lantern animated series. What was, what was, was it the Batman? What was it called? Was that Beware the Batman? Beware the Batman. There you go. Uh, we've seen Katana there. We've seen Katana in Arrow. Uh, I think we've seen her in one other spot, and now we'll see her in this live-action movie. So I'm kind of interested to see that, that progression. Uh, I honestly don't care about Deadshot just yet. I don't care about Killer Croc just yet. I don't care about... Um, uh, Enchantress, I don't care about, uh, what's the other one, Slipknot, I mean, other than the jokes with the Fire and Water podcast, which, Mark, you don't get unless you listen to them. Um, but, you know, I, I am a Firestorm fan, that is where that character first showed up, Slipknot, um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how they make one of the more ridiculous villains in the DC Universe work in a movie about the most dangerous people alive. Uh, so I want to see how that works out, but otherwise, honestly, I don't care about anything other than Harley and the Joker and seeing if their performance as those characters is so good, I just don't care how they look. You know what I mean? Or, I or, 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 or how they look just makes perfect sense, and I'm like, well, shit, of course they should look like this. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, it's, it's, it's not that the way they look is is putting me off from the movie and I'm, you know, just going to go, Oh, it's going to suck. It's just, I don't yet understand why they look like this. Once I see the movie and see the world it's set in and the history of these characters and how they act, if then it just clicks, then I'll say, hell yeah. But I, I just going based on looks, I'm not there yet, but the suicide squad. Other, and, and Mark, you phrased it best. Why don't you tell them what you told me on Facebook? What, relating it to Fantastic Four? No, no, for for a movie you. Well, I thought I thought that's right. That's oh where yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that's where I tied it into. Yeah. Uh, paraphrasing what I said to Chad, uh, it was basically, it's to me Suicide. Looking at the trailer for Suicide Squad, kind of remind. I had similar feelings to like the last few trailers we've seen of Fantastic Four, which is that. It looks as it looks as good as, as it possibly could for a movie that I really have no interest in seeing. <laughs> uh, 
onto itself. Doesn't mean I won't see it really, but as in far as a movie that I'm not looking forward to, that it the trailers are about as good as you could possibly hope to try to encourage you to go see it from for a movie you inherently really are not drawn to go see. And I think Suicide and Suicide Squad, I would honestly I don't think it was as I think it was a re, a nicely done trailer. It was a professionally done trailer and I think it was good from an atmosphere point of view. But again, I actually think Fanta- the like the, the last full Fantastic Four trailer probably did a closer job at selling me to almost to go see this more than Suicide Squad because almost what you said, Chad. I mean, I'm the, I've never been a big Harley Quinn fan, uh, so I don't I don't have this cult uh, tie-in or adulation you know, to Harley Quinn. Uh, but obviously, she's a major selling point. For this movie, the Joker is kind of another, the other main selling point. Kind of interesting in a way how you know Will Smith is probably one of the better known people in the cast, but yet in a way he's even in the trailer he's not that prominent. He's he's in it, and you could tell it's Will Smith, but he's not that prominent. Of course, Will Smith's box office status has kind of you know gone in the crapper to a certain extent, and then relatively recently, so that may be part of it. But but again, it's a teaser, so that, that's kind of kind of what you. Kind of what you expect that you you can't really project too far ahead. It was a it was an interesting trailer. Like I said, I do I do I think that trailer on do I think that trailer is going to do as much to to help the potential success of Suicide Squad, let's say, as maybe the Deadpool trailer did for that movie. No, I think Deadpool helped it. I think Deadpool's trailer helped its own cause much greater and a much bigger. On a much bigger scale, Suicide Squad, to a large extent, there's still a bunch of characters other than Harley Quinn and and the Joker that most people don't know about, most people don't care about, and we're gonna have to see how Batman vs Superman does because if that movie is not really liked, if that movie, forget about how much money it makes, if people come out at the end of the day and they think they don't like it, they don't, they're disappointed by it, then Suicide Squad is gonna really be swimming upstream even more than they are. And it's not just that. Honestly, for me, uh, of course, I'm going to judge Suicide Squad on its own merits as its move. As like, even if I were to pluck it out of the DC lineup and set it aside as its own movie, I'll judge it that way. But there is another way in which I'll judge it, and I think this is another way in which the public is going to judge it. And that is, Man of Steel is followed by Batman versus Superman, which has cameos of Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Lex Luthor is introduced. Uh, and that is a huge movie. They follow that up with Suicide Squad. That's the hump they have to get over. They have to prove to the public not only that it's a good movie, but that this is the logical follow-up in the DC continuity, the new DC movie universe continuity, following Batman versus Superman. I mean, that, that's really it. I mean, if if you go. Oh, you liked Batman versus Superman? Go see Suicide Squad. To the general public, they're gonna be, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's it, the it, hump it, they have to get over. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough, gonna be a tough selling point. Now, Batman versus Superman not only makes huge bank, but people just love it. Then they're gonna get, then there'll be a probably a rollover. There'll be a, there'll be a, a, B, a BVS. Uh, rollover effect of like you know like the Avengers had like the uh the Avengers bump there'll be a BVS bump that probably will help 
of Suicide Squad then. But whether that movie can stand on its own if it has to is another story. And even if Batman and Superman do re- that movie does really, really well, is that going to guarantee that people are going to – is it really going to guarantee that 100% that people are going to be interested in these characters? Obviously, as we'll talk about, if, you know, obviously Batman, you know, they show Batman showing up at some point in this trailer too. So they're definitely trying – and they mentioned Superman in the trailer, Amanda Waller's mentioned Superman. So they're definitely going out of their way to layer in connective tissue to make you realize this is part of the same universe and to probably try to play up the relevance of it related to Batman versus Superman. Whether that's going to work or not, it's interesting. That is a that is a really, really, really big gamble. And it might pay off, but if it doesn't, then a lot of people are going to look back at it and go, that was really friggin' stupid. We never should have, we should have followed that up with at least a, a more well-known character, at least you know, following this movie. Even if it wasn't the same year, the next movie we released, it should have been with a major character from our pantheon, not a bunch of characters that are even more, probably border, borderline even more obscure to the general public, that, or at least as obscure to the general public as Guardians were before that movie came out. Yeah. Um, next up is DCTV News. Um, so now there was some Supergirl stuff, some... Uh, I zombie stuff, uh, some Lucifer stuff, um, and I think there was some Agents of Shield stuff, um, and most of the news from no, I don't think there was, there might have been, I don't know. Um, uh, most of the news from the Marvel side of things came out before Comic Con, like for instance, what's his name playing the Punisher, and Elektra being part of season two of Daredevil yes. as well. Um, um, so, but in terms of, uh, DC TV news, just because that's the side I'm more excited about, guys, sorry, personal preferences. Um, but, um, we'll start with Arrow. Uh, have you seen the footage or not the footage, the picture of the new green arrow suit? I actually watched the intro to the panel when he came okay. out and he spoke to, and he spoke to the Comic-Con people as if, as if, <laughs> as, as if they were basically were in Star City <laughs> in a way. Um, and I'll play that. I'll actually just go ahead and play that, uh, that, uh, right now. So here you go, guys. This is, this is the start of the, uh, Arrow panel. Uh, Stephen Mel comes out dressed in the new Green Arrow gear, which you see, uh, in the, uh, album art for this episode down on the bottom left there. Um, and he just addresses the crowd. So here you go. San Diego Comic Con, you have not failed this city. My name is Oliver Queen. But you knew that. After five years away, I came home with only one goal. I wanted to save my city. Along the way, I gained a brother. I saw people that I had known my entire life become superheroes. And I fell in love. But I lost people forever. The person that I was and the persona that I created, he failed. But Star City, not Starling City, Star City still needs saving. And all of you, you can bet your last dollar 
that me and my team will bust our asses trying to save it or breathe our last breaths trying. All of you have come with us this far and I would ask you to come just a little bit further with the green arrow. But yeah, that was really cool. Um, it was, uh, I mean, obviously his, his arrow voice doesn't really come through in a, a, a big auditorium like that on a mic, uh, but it, it was really, really good. Uh, the costume is okay to me, but I'm a, I just, I don't know what it is I don't like about it. And, uh, uh, I think I'm going to have to see it in action before I can say definitively whether or not I like it. Of course, probably the biggest news of that panel was that he's Green Arrow now. Finally. Yeah, he's he's finally Green Arrow. Uh, there's a little bit of other news. Um, the main villain, of course, that this would had already been announced as Damian Dark, um, and there will also be another villain in there, uh, another big villain that Jeff Johns teased, but they wouldn't say. There'll be another smaller Batman villain showing up in there, Anarchy. Uh, which will be showing up. Uh, uh, listeners of this show will know Anarchy from that uh, zero-year crossover uh, that Jon Stewart fought in the Gotham Dome thing. Oh, yeah. I, that, I, I knew I, I, I figured that's where you were going with it next. I, I still have more fond memories of Anarchy when he briefly had a Green Lantern ring when he had his own, <laughs> when he had his own comic book. <laughs> um Another uh, another bit of news, uh, the last bit of news I think uh, of interest from uh, uh, the Arrow panel is that Mr. Terrific is coming to the Arrow universe. Uh, he'll be a friend of, uh, of Felicity Smoke, um, and he is gay. So there's that. Uh, that was that was announced there as well. Uh, there was one bit of funny. Uh, there was, so when somebody asked if we'd see Oliver get back his fortune. Um, and Oliver's like, uh, in a way, I mean, I've got a sugar mama now. <laughs> because I, because Felicity, uh, you know, is a, a big factor of, I guess, Palmer Technologies is, is now. And I don't know if it'll... I guess that's another question. Like, you know, with, with the Adam Ray Palmer going over to Legends of Tomorrow... Is it going to default to? Is he going to have a problem with you know Felicity taking things over and then re-renaming the company back to Queen Consolidated or something like that or Queen Industries? That would be cool to see. Um, but you know, regardless, that's not here or there. Another another bit of information: uh, the Flash panel. Uh, that was that was cool to see. These panels get shorter and shorter every year, guys. They're all I saw several of them in their full length, and they're like twenty minutes maybe. Um, uh, from the Flash panel, this year's villain, Professor Zoom. And he's faster than Reverse Flash and faster than the Flash. Uh, and a whole lot scarier than Reverse Flash, uh, evidently. Um, also, they'll be introducing Wally West to the Flash universe. And the biggest bit of news for the Flash, and I'm super excited, <laughs> Jay motherfucking Garrett. <laughs> Garrick. Uh, Jay Garrick. Chad's so excited he got his name wrong. <laughs> and it's not even, it's not even like Jay Garrick that exists in the same, this is Earth 2, Jay Garrick. 
Because, and spoilers, guys. And Mark, do you watch The Flash? Are you going to watch The Flash? Yeah, The Flash The Flash, I do watch. Are you caught up? Yeah, I saw the last episode. Okay, I all right. What, I, know, I know what you're going to go back so, and be referencing. spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the, the, the last, uh, last episode, especially of The Flash. A wormhole opens up above Central City, and Barry runs into it. And this is a war, and we've seen, and we had already seen Jay Garrick's helmet come through the the portal when uh, Reverse Flash was trying to make his getaway. So this is not like this this universe's version of Jay Garrick. This is Earth Two from an alternate universe, Jay Garrick. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> I am, I have, I mean, honestly, I uh, I know a lot of comic fans. Uh, have these moments, you know, like maybe I don't know if you're you were standing there alongside of Jim and Dan as being as thinking we might not get to the point where we have a Green Lantern movie. I always thought it would happen eventually. I mean, I saw I mean, when I got into the geek thing, I saw superheroes on the rise at an exponential rate. So I was like, eh, it's just a matter of time in my lifetime. This was something I never thought I'd see. I never thought I'd see alternate universe like Earth Two on the live on the live action screen. Now, if I see an Earth Two movie, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. But just seeing Jay Garrick on my TV screen alongside Barry Allen, and they are actually from all different universes, I am going to freak because that is awesome. I did not think I would ever see that. Uh, and that's just way too cool. I mean, superheroes on the rise. Sure, we'll see the the, the big name characters show up, and then we'll see kind of a little little bit lesser known characters, and then we'll see team ups and stuff like that. I never thought we'd see Golden Age. That is so freaking cool. <laughs> gives well, you, I don't, gives you hope for your boy Alan Scott. That would be so cool. That would be awesome. Um, that's that's something. And before we move on to DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That's something, um, at the end of Arrow, spoilers, uh, in the flashback sequences, it, I think Ollie is getting on a ship that's bound for Coast City, and I think uh, at the, in the current timeline, at the end of the last Arrow episode, him and Felicity are on the highway heading towards Coast City. So, I was under the impression there'd be a lot of Green Lantern stuff in these this season of Arrow. Nothing was announced at the panel. And now that doesn't mean nothing's going to happen, but nothing was announced. Oh, by the way, John Diggle's going to be getting a costume this season um, for uh, for, Air, for Arrow. Um, he, he's not Green Lantern, but he's getting a costume. Um, I, I thought there would be, and I, I'm kind of, I'm wondering if they're trying to pull a, you know, a, a switcheroo on us. Like, they're introducing Coast City in two different time the, the two main timelines of the Arrow story, and they're introducing the Earth Two characters in in Flash. Like, so are we just gonna have more? You know how like the first season of Flash had you know the Ferris Air line, and they said something about you know one of their pilots went missing. Are we gonna have more of that? Are we gonna have more on the nose Green Lantern stuff? Are we gonna have Green Lantern at all? Is Jay Garrick gonna be like? I, I was just talking to Alan. Where the hell am I? You know what I mean? Like, right. are we gonna, are we even gonna see these characters? I don't even know. Um, I heard that they cast somebody as Jay Garrick, 
and the name kind of rings a bell, but I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't have a face that I'm putting to that. So I don't know if this is a person that's just Barry's age, or if this is an uh, an older person. Are they 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s? Are they older? Like I don't know this. I, I've heard the name before, but I'm I'm not putting a face to it. Um, and Legends of Tomorrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Um, not a whole lot there. Of course, we already know the big villain is going to be Vandal Savage, um, and we know that uh, we know that you know it'll feature White Canary, which is Sarah Lance. Uh, it'll feature uh, the Atom, Ray Palmer, who finally has his shrinking ability. Uh, it'll feature Rip Hunter uh, of the Time Masters. Uh, it'll feature uh, Hawk Girl, uh, Kendra Saunders, I think is her last name. Uh, uh, Hawk Girl, uh, and it'll feature Victor Garber as you know half of Firestorm, uh, and Firestorm himself will be part of it. But I don't know who the second half of Firestorm will be. Um, one thing I didn't consider when they announced this, we obviously knew this was going to be a time travel show, but Hawk Girl's involved in it, and Hawk Girl, from what she said on her 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 um, her character, her actress said on the panel. They are going with the past lives version of, of the Hawks. So she's going to be traveling through these various time, uh, these various times in interacting, if not seeing her past lives play out as well. So I didn't even think about that, that, that we would be in a time travel show and Hawk Girl's a part of it. Of course we'd see her past lives. That's awesome. Um, but I think the biggest news, Jeff Johns let slip that Hawkman will also be in DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know if he's going to be a main character part of the team or if we're going to see him as in, you know, alongside Kendra in, in some of her past live flashbacks, but Hawkman will be in that. So that's cool. That series, and that series intrigues me enough where I'll probably give it a shot. Yeah, uh, they, they, they said, they said that. You know, when they created Flash, they were trying to do something a little different from Arrow, and they did. And now they've got Flash and Arrow, and they wanted to do something, you know, I think Andrew Kreisberg or somebody said something to the effect of, you know, there's stuff that happens that's a little crazy in both of those shows, especially Flash. And this show is just, I think the way he put it, I'm going to kind of paraphrase here, was it was kind of like, it's like we just grabbed the crazy and made a show with all crazy. Uh, so he, he's, he said it's just, it's just all insane DC time travel, sciency, superpower, insane BS. Uh, and I, that sounds awesome to me. <laughs> Mostly though, I just can't wait to see Jay Garrick in the flash because the first season was just unprecedentedly awesome. I think it's. I mean, that's going to be cool. I think it's more surprising that they're going to be introducing Wally West. <laughs> that's true. Based, based on where well, – even well, then again, we don't know what what version of Wally West we're going to be seeing. Yeah, Maybe. we're seeing Jay Garrett from an alternate universe. Maybe we're seeing Wally West from a future timeline. Well, yeah, I was, I was also – that's true too. I was also thinking what Wally West is going to look like. We don't know if it's going to be classic Wally West. So that, that – so that – if, but if it was classic Wally West, then that would be a little surprising since he has been – he kind of has been a dirty word relative, for a while now since they brought Barry Allen back in the comics. That Wally West has kind of been a second-class citizen, much like Hal was when they introduced Kyle. So 
even though they use Hal a little bit more, but they but they gave, they gave him another role, so it made sense. I don't know. It should be cool. I'm kind of I'm looking forward to. Uh, I mean, I want to I want to see what uh, I want to see what the Reverse Flash's role is in season two. That I'm kind of intrigued by. You mean Tom Cavanaugh's yeah. character? Yeah. Regardless of whether he's like Wells or yeah, whether Flash. he's Wells, Reverse Flash, incarcerated, not incarcerated, somewhat incarcerated. That I, I want. Because it's really in, going to be interesting to see what his role is going to be, yeah. since since he should be he should be locked up to begin you know to begin with. Well, technically he's gone, right? No, he stopped him, right? Barry stopped him from escaping. No, um, I thought he destroyed the time machine. He destroyed it, but uh, uh, what's his name killed himself. Oh, you're right. 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 I forgot about that. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. I actually forgot about. It's funny. I remembered and forgot about that like two days in a row because I was thinking. I was thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about uh, Eddie, and then I realized Eddie oh, Vaughn, no, yeah. Eddie, 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 Eddie killed himself. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Eddie killed himself to save the day. Yes, he did. So yeah, that'll be. Yeah, so that'll... it's possible we're going to get. Uh, uh, the real Wells, the yeah. real Wells. So that that'd be cool to see. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, and last but not least, the red capes are coming. <laughs> the red capes are coming. All right. Which which I laughed when I first saw that, but the more and more I watch that trailer, more and more I'm like, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's definitely creepy, but it was the, it was an interesting trailer. Let's put it that way. I liked it. Um. I definitely see where it's going now, whereas the first teaser uh, was more ambiguous. It was more the world is worshipping Superman, um, and this is more the world is against Superman. Uh, So first and foremost, now that I say it that way, I don't know where the world stands on Superman. It's kind of obvious based on the opening scenes where they stand. Um... Well, but it's, well, it's this. There's, there's much like life in America these days. There's, a, there's a pretty, there's a pretty strong divide on both sides. You got, you got half, you got all this half. The, you, know, you got the side that was protesting with some of those really moronic signs, like God hates aliens, which is so friggin' stupid. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm not saying we West could never. Memorial Baptist Church, we're talking to you. I know we never could. It's not like we could never see a sign like that, but that's like really, that's like really stretching it. But I know where they get it from, but it's. I guess it puts it in perspective of seeing, you know, whenever you see God hates anything signs, I guess that kind of just puts it in perspective of how stupid it is really, actually. But, uh, and then you have everybody who's worshipping him as as a god, and like we, and yes, we're talking Batman versus Superman since we actually never technically said, <laughs> since we never really technically said we were transitioning to that trailer, that like when the, he's coming, when Superman's coming down to rescue the, the flood victims on the house. They got the, like the big S shield on the roof, trying to you know draw his attention in or whatever. Um, yeah, that that someone pointed out. I think it was Bailey, Michael Bailey, but I might have been someone commenting on his post. I didn't have a problem with that until someone pointed it out. Like, I want to see Superman saving people, not like <laughs> floating down and looking as Zack Snyder does his, <laughs> you know, <laughs> iconic God shot. 
and Superman's just watching these people have floodwaters rise up around their house, and they're reaching for him. I want to see Superman swoop down and pluck them off the damn roof, not just look down at them and consider for a little bit. <laughs> kiss, kiss my ring first! No! <laughs> but, the, but the trailer definitely does a good job at establishing the, the philosophical and the personal reasons why Bruce Wayne has issues with Superman. <laughs> Someone did a shot-for-shot shot comparison. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that one. Uh, so clearly the opening scenes we see Bruce in take place during Man of Steel, um, during Superman's fight with Zod. Um, basically, the building that Superman and Zod are in when they start shooting heat vision at each other, and it cuts the building in part and it falls down, that is or is next to Wayne Financial. One of the uh, one of the Wayne buildings. I'm assuming. I'm assuming they have more than one, uh, because evidently uh, Gotham and Metropolis are sister cities, like right across the bay from one another, like San Francisco and Oakland. Uh, so uh, Bruce is in Metropolis when this all go down, goes down. So you know how you see the heat vision cut across the building uh, when you see uh, uh, Bruce, you know, looking at it and then running towards it. Someone took the exact same moment where Zod unleashes his heat vision in Man of Steel and starts looking around as he's using it and compared it shot for shot with with the the shot from the trailer. And that is exactly what it is. It's from Man of Steel. It's it follows the exact pattern that Zod is looking in when his heat vision goes off. Um, so it collapses and. There's a moment in the trailer. Does, doesn't Bruce said say something about it's been 20 years or something like that? He says something about 20 years. He said something about 20 years in Gotham and are there any heroes left or something? I'll, I'll play it right after. Yeah, my... I know. I know. What, I know what. I know what you're talking about. 20 years in Gotham. How many good guys are left? How many stayed that way? He has the power to wipe out the entire human race. So, and they show, they show another suit that's got spray, yellow spray paint on it, and it says, you know, like, ha, 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 Batman, or whatever. And it's the joke's, on, the the joke's on you, Batman, I believe. Yeah, there you go. And when you zoom in on that, it's an R on the suit. So this is, I'm, I, would it be too much to say this is Jason Todd? It certainly would make sense if it was Jason Todd. It's yeah. a Robin, let's put it that way. So, it's clearly, a, it's, yeah. Clearly, this is a Batman who has already had and lost a Robin. So, Batman has existed in this universe before Superman. So, this is a Batman that's coming out of retirement and going up against Superman because of what he sees him as, because of the destruction he saw in Metropolis, because of you know the little girl he's Bruce is holding, because of you know all these things, um, just the way. Bruce perceives Superman is he comes out of retirement and it's it's made very clear that uh, Alfred's monologue he's talking to and about Bruce that's how it starts the fever the rage that turns good men cruel 
So he's, that's he's, pretty yeah, cool. he's trying to be the he's trying he's trying all through the trailer. Besides, yeah, trying it's kind of like a cautionary tale, and he's trying to and he's trying to in a way, especially with the dialogue directly to Bruce, making it clear that you know basically you're not looking at this the right way. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going you're you're going to war with somebody who's not our enemy. Yeah, uh, but the actual fight scenes look awesome. Um, we see like uh, Superman flying towards somebody. Uh, using his heat vision, we see Batman leap up on the, a building and then use his grappling hook and swing away right before Superman's heat vision hits the side of the building. We see motherfucking Wonder Woman. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, she looks awesome. Um, we don't see her in action very much, but what we do see looks good, I think. I agree. Um, and we see some pretty dark shit. Like, and I, and I mean visually. Uh, like there's a moment where you see Superman kind of floating there in the rain as lightning flashes behind him, and then there's clearly some destruction around them, and it looks like Superman's pissed. You know, it it, it looks very dark right there. It looks very Dark Knight Returns to me. Um, but uh, and plus something Zack Snyder said during the panel, he was talking about how Batman's mech suit isn't even about enhancing Batman's strength. It's more about quote unquote buying time. If that doesn't sound Dark Knight Returns, I don't know what does. Um, but uh, and we know this, would... we know this Kryptonite because we see it. Yep. So we, we know, know that. So that probably factors in again to the balancing, at least during their initial encounter of the balancing of the scales between Superman and Batman. Kryptonite we... probably factors into it. Yeah, we see Superman reluctantly on his knees in front of Jesse Eisenberg, White yes. Luther. Um, um, we see. The, the and honestly, I know there's a lot of cool shots in that movie. The last one is my favorite, and I don't know why. When Batman rip or when Superman rips open the Batmobile and is standing on the hood of it, and then Batman slowly stands up and they just stand toe to toe looking at each other. That shot was so cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just it it just screamed. Shit is about to go down. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that that was a very good shot. Uh, and we, as you and I, we talked about this earlier. You, you, we get the shot of Zod's corpse. Yes. Which, which, whether it could mean a thousand different things, could mean nothing. But of course, it certainly. But just by seeing his corpse, it certainly feeds or gives a little bit of uh, substance to the rumors that somehow are experimenting with with. Zod's corpse was somehow going to lead to the rise of Doomsday, which is something yeah. that we had heard about. And again, just seeing his body does not make it make it so. But it certainly, but that was, but the rumor of, but that, but that was part of the the whole rumor that it was that one was going to lead, you know, one was going to lead to another. So the fact that you we absolutely see Zod's corpse certainly at least raises the increases the odds that there there's a little bit of smoke, uh, fire to that smoke. Um, definitely really excited about it, though. I mean, I thought we'd have more to say about it, but uh, seriously, um, it my only complaint is still the same, um, uh, and it's the same complaint I had with Man of Steel. It's too dark, visually. I don't like the darker colors of these iconic superhero suits. I think that the Superman suit is a little brighter than it was during Man of Steel, but, I mean, we need like Wonder Woman suit. It's so dark. Uh, I just, I, 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 of course I have to wait till we see the full movie and everything, but I get that if the, I mean, you've got a darker tone, um, 
in a more serious universe or, or whatever it is you want to say about the DC cinematic universe, but I don't understand why that has to translate into dark costumes. Uh, clearly Batman's got to be dark, but I just mean like, I don't understand why we can't have the brilliant Superman blue. You know what I mean? I don't understand. I don't understand why we can't have that. I mean, the, the, the suit, I have no problem with the suit. The suit could be the exact same, the texture and everything, the exact freaking same, just up the contrast and brightness of the colors. Same with Wonder Woman suit. I don't understand why a more serious, darker tone of the the plot and the universe has to translate into dark costumes. I don't get it. Uh, and it's always bugged me. It's always going to bug me. Uh, I will probably complain about this throughout the entire DC cinematic universe. Uh, I may come out the other end of these movies loving the movies, but I will still have that complaint. So, I, I mean... I'm, it's it's just going to be there. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to watch the movie and have that in the back of my head the whole time and color my opinion of the movie because of that. It just means I don't understand and I don't think it's necessary. And it does overall detract from my first impressions of the movie until I actually see the finished product. So, which is kind of I mean, which is really interesting for the point. Jesse Eisenberg's hair looks weird. Because it's probably a wig, but that's probably why it I looks mean, weird. I mean, I know, but it looks so weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it looks really, really weird. Uh, <clears throat> the darkness of the costumes is kind of interesting because when you actually see a picture, when you actually get a good look at, not in this trailer, but when you get a good look at, you know, his regular outfit, like the, for lack of a better way of describing it, the uh, Dark Knight Return suit. And some levels, it's actually lighter than most of the Batman suits because <laughs> yeah. he's got more gray in it. <laughs> Most of the movie Batman have been pretty pretty black. Their outfits have been pretty straight up black, so it's kind of it is kind of ironic. Uh, not obviously, in you know, and even even his the the anti Superman armor has got some gray to it. So it's kind of it would be kind of ironic that compared to other incarnations of Batman, we he, his color scheme might be actually a tad lighter, but yet everybody else around him is a lot darker in color. Yeah, <laughs> it could be, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I. Uh, it makes you. It does make you cautious, very cautious when it comes to thinking how they're going to make the other DC universe costumes. Especially Flash and Green Lantern. Well, see, Flash in a way. I mean, the TV Flash's costume is pretty dark. It's a pretty dark. Yeah, event. but it looks it looks awesome in motion because all of the crackling energy and the the uh, the kind of slipstream effect when Flash is running around. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying, so if, if they went with a similar color scheme, then they, they'd probably would be all, all right with Flash. But yeah, Green Lantern was the one I was going, I was heading towards. That does con, that does concern concern me a little how how much darker they'll make the costume. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, just by the way, because you mentioned Flash, they're changing the suit for season two. It's going to have a white background on behind the the lightning bolt. Well, that's good. So I mean, they're they're already changing and listening to the fans. Um, the, the costume is, is gonna, I don't, I don't know if the costume's a bright or red, because the picture I saw, I couldn't really tell. Um, but they're definitely heading towards that, because you know, in this, in season one, they, that was one of two things Cisco commented on. He was commenting about the, the white behind the, uh, the lightning bolt, but he also said something about, I dig that brighter red, or, or something like that. So... Flash will eventually get the brighter red suit on the TV show. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it. Go ahead. You, you I, I was rambling about Batman versus Superman. So, go, what were your thoughts on it? 
that trailer did a better job at selling it to me. Uh, I still, like, I think as you do, have this, have this fear or this feeling that there's going to be way too much crap jammed into this movie. Mm-hmm. That even if the movie, it may be, it may be certainly more good than bad, but it still may be way too much stuff that they didn't need jammed into it. And that may not be the case. Maybe we'll be surprised that, you know, other than Wonder Woman, how little anybody else is in it. So maybe it's not as, maybe it's a whole lot of setup, you know, a whole lot of prologue for things that, that's about, that are, things that are about to come. So maybe it's, so I, I, but I liked the trailer. I liked, I kind, I kind of got, I kind of liked the, the Affleck Batman they were going for. Mm-hmm. I did like that. I liked the. You know, as he talked about in the panel, the older, like burnt-out Batman kind of kind of thing. Uh, the more completely battle battle-weary Batman, who's about as cynical. Okay. Yes, he's just yeah, and he's just as cynical and as downtrodden and as hopeless as 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 I think we get at the end when you know when uh, when when Luther is talking about the the contrast between the two, and I think about the night and the day and everything else, and just black and blue. God versus man. Day versus night. The red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. How bad. And they still play up the fact in this trailer, especially with Amy Adams and talking to Superman about the uh, Lois and talking to him about... Again, how the S symbol. We know how he has he explained how the S shield is supposed to be hope, but this, this, that he himself symbolizes hope to people. And again, and then of course you had the uh, the Diane Lane taking over for her husband to be a little cynical <laughs> when she's as Ma Kent giving him the pseudo pep talk yeah. as like yeah. you know be, be you know be what they want you know give them what they want you know. You know, be their savior, be this, be that, or do no, or do none of it, because because you don't know this world anything. <laughs> so I mean, but those are parts that make those are the parts that I was like, eh, I might that I think we could have done without that, especially from we already got it from our husband. And we don't need. It's not like they did, it doesn't make any sense, but it's like I don't know. But that was not my favorite part anyway. But I do like the, the, the I like the setup. You know, I like the setup for the conflict, the reasons why Batman is naturally antagonistic and looking, and why he wants to take down Superman, uh, and also the way how Batman, Batman, and uh, the senator that Halle Hunter plays, and all these different people are being basically manipulated by Lex Luthor to get what he wants. So, even though we don't necessarily know everything that he, you know, what exactly like he wants, like out of the senator and everything so much, but we kind of get an idea that he's the one who kind of helps pit or give, you know, pit and put um, Batman on the road to going against Superman or giving him the the means to even out the odds potentially. Yeah. So, but it was good. I think I think it was well received. It was it was well it was well made. I mean, they this already got a, twenty million views. They, they did a good job of taking their time to put together a a trailer that was big, and it, of course it would have been interesting if Marvel had any, as in pro, Marvel proper, Marvel Studios had any kind of real. Oh, we even talk Star Wars. I just realized that. Uh, that Marvel Studios, if they if they had any kind of real <laughs> showing at this 
Comic-Con, which they didn't at all. It would have been really interesting if they would have had, you know, like a, even if it was a teaser trailer for Civil War or anything like that, how people would have reacted. But for the most part, this was DC's Comic-Con, which we kind of suspected if there was going to be one that was going to be theirs, it would be this one. That and Star Wars, which, again, we didn't talk about. We still can, but we didn't. <laughs> but there, other wasn't, than st- there wasn't much there. It was a behind. It was more of a. I mean, we did see some more footage. Right. Not, yeah. not a lot, but we did see some. But it was more of a behind-the-scenes thing, showing how. Um, what? I, and I didn't watch the panel. I just watched the. the footage I watched some stuff. of the panel. Um, it was more showing how this Star Wars has is using practical effects, uh, in 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 the movie. Um, which I mean, just the level of detail they went through. Um, especially given the the easier, um, more modern ways out, uh, but they took the time to go the hard way to accomplish something amazing looking. That's that was really impressive. Yeah, I think the I think to be honest, for for Star Wars, the most the most important thing for the more the thing I think people care, took from it and cared about the most was just having. Having the cast on, having the cast pretty at the panel, and pretty much, uh, really the fact I think for the most part right now, the fact that they had uh, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. The fact that Harrison Ford there was there was big, because uh, I think that was his first Comic Con, I think. Uh, but either way, the fact that there were the rumors were that he was going to show up, but the, but it hadn't been really hadn't really been confirmed up until that. So that was kind of that was kind of cool, and the fact that even you know you know you know Harrison Ford you know, when he's talking, it's just I think the nature of who he is. He's always kind of reserved a little. Uh, sometimes it just comes across as gruff and everything, but in general he's just always kind of reserved. He's not a, like a he's not a warm fuzzy guy. Certainly during interviews or talking segments uh, when it comes to, of panels and everything, but <laughs> but whether he was being diplomatic or not, he seemed to be sincere in the fact that you know. Because he, he he kind of in a way because he was in a way taking taking a few shots in the beginning too, making it sound like how the idea you know, the idea of coming back and doing another one when he first thought about this or first heard about it, you know the oh I thought it was like ridiculous, <laughs> I figured it would be ridiculous, but the fact that again whether he's being purely diplomatic or whether you'd like to think he's not just doing it for that reason that he seems to be genuinely to to genuinely like the experience in making this movie much like he enjoyed making the first one. The other ones after that, not so much. But he he's always had said that he enjoyed making the original, and the fact that he seemed to enjoy working with the cast and Abrams, and he liked the script by Kasdan, which would make sense since he has you know experience with Kasdan from back in the day with the original trilogy. That in a way, you kind of in a, it's almost in a way you look to a certain extent to Harrison Ford as the barometer here because of the fact that he has been so he's been so at best you know meh about Star Wars for such a long period of time. And now, whether it's just because he's getting older in his life and things, but, and, you know, maybe it's just whatever, for whatever reason or reasons, it's just, it seems like he's a little more appreciative, not just of the original movie and what it did for him, but the fact that he does seem to appreciate the experience of of having the opportunity to come back and, you know, get together with, you know, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher again. And so... So yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't a huge amount of news coming out of it, but Star Wars still was, despite the fact that you didn't see a whole lot of new stuff. That, and even during the interview segments and things like that, you didn't learn a whole lot more 
about some of the characters. I mean, you get a little more definition about, a little more clarity about exactly some, some you know, some characters who are going to, are they going to be villains? Are they not going to be villains? There was a little more clarification about that, setting it in stone, confirming rumors essentially. But there wasn't, you know, but there wasn't a whole lot of information. But despite that, Star Wars was still one of the bigger winners of Comic Con. It may not have had the, you know, may not have had the overwhelming. Or the inch didn't may have not. Yeah, I was gonna say the, or that's a better word. I was gonna say buzz, but Hutzpah's probably right. It didn't. It didn't have the. It didn't catch on like wildfire, kind of like like the Deadpool trailer did, or even more the Batman's trailer. Not. I'm not gonna say the Suicide Squad trailer as much. I don't think I, there was still a lot of mixed reaction to the Suicide trailer. Most people just. Most people, like we talked about, they would comment on Harley or comment on the Joker, and other than that, they would they pretty much didn't care much about it. Uh, didn't mean it looked bad, but that's what they gravitated toward. But yeah. Star Wars still had a, despite the fact that they didn't come out with a brand new trailer or anything like that, it still was a very success, successful Comic Con for them, and it was so. And like, and this is how I remembered it because we had talked about. We figured, I think we had speculated before that since Marvel was not going to have a real presence at, the, at this, Marvel Studios was not going to have a presence really at this Comic Con, that this was DC's opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, and Star Wars was about the only thing that really could have completely derailed it, and Star Wars didn't probably because they want they're being really really careful with how they're marketing this, and how what footage they're, they're releasing. What information they're releasing? It's obviously part of their plan. They know, you know, they and they have the opportunity and they have the ability to do that because they know that they have a they have a guaranteed blockbuster and the, and so they they can take their time and do what they want at their own pace because it's not going to affect them. Plus, this movie comes out pretty much before any other movie that's being pushed anyway. So, so no, nothing that happens at Comic Con is going to really interfere with you know with their movie. But yeah, I think. But D, I say DC definitely because even when you factor in the TV stuff, and I, we didn't really talk about Gotham. I don't watch Gotham. I don't know if you. Really... Uh, I was watching it and I stopped after a little while and I just haven't finished it out yet. Yeah, and Supergirl until we watch it is until it really comes out. <laughs> yeah, I mean. But, well, but, until you watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I not, well, then we probably both none of us will watch it. <laughs> uh, and Jeff Johns, I, I've already I've already seen it. <laughs> I, used, I mean, you saw the first episode. I meant the whole thing. Yeah. I meant oh, like yeah, the first yeah, yeah. season or something. Uh, and, and Jeff Johns keeps showing up at every panel. <laughs> but oh, we one thing we could talk we could before we wrap up we should talk about this. And this is yet another rumor that never was not even touched upon at all during Comic Con. The because you you made that post about it. The rumor of the Batman uh... the, of the Batman solo movie that supposedly is going to be. Written, co-written by Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck, and what directed by Affleck is the was the rumor. But of course, that yeah. that was not that was not confirmed at all either. But yeah, and you and you seem to be pretty lukewarm on the idea at best. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm it's not that I'm upset about it. I'm just tempering my reaction um, because, and I said it on the Facebook page, but kind of narrowing it down, there were a ton of things wrong with the Green Lantern movie, and they can't all be pinned on one individual person. And I remember when the Green Lantern movie was announced, and then it was announced that Jeff Johns was going to have a heavy involvement in the creation of this movie, I was super excited. And then the movie came out. And it sucks. Um, I'm not saying it's Jeff Johns' fault. 
I'm not even saying it's half his fault or one-fourth of his fault. I don't know if he had a damn thing to do with any of the eventual creative decisions. Like, did he have the end-all, be-all say in anything that was wrong with that movie? I don't know. But I will say, I when the, he was when it was announced that he was a big part of it, I was excited. I was extremely let down by that movie. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just saying I don't have the same reaction anymore because of that movie when I hear Jeff Johns is attached to a movie. This this is uh, Jeff Johns doesn't owe me shit. But this is technically this to me. This is Jeff Johns' chance to prove himself to me. That that his involvement in a movie again, if this turns out to be true, um, if and it sounds like it is, um, if this turns out to be true, this is Jeff Johns' chance to prove himself to me that his involvement of in a movie means a more faithful and awesome movie and not a train wreck. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So, I'm less I'm less cynical. Or less uh, nervous about. I'm just Jeff. guarded, really. That's yeah, all it is. yeah, I, I know. Now I think you know we've had to, we had some people like respond you know to your post making it sound like he had no creative input in that movie, which I don't think I think with, with all due respect I don't think that is accurate at all. By every by everything we've ever heard about his role in that movie, even without having a bit by bit, this was his, this wasn't. The point is we know we know he had he was a consultant on that movie. We know so. So we know there had to have been some things that he had he had input on, just because there would be no point putting on the movie then if he wasn't going to be able to have any kind of input. Plus, we also know the original script, Legion was the villain, not Parallax. Parallax, you unfortunately you almost for better or for worse, and it may have been it may have gone through a diff, few different incarnations to end up where we did with the final version. But Parallax, you almost have to think was his to put Parallax in that movie because he was not the original villain. In that movie, he was not the original villain. So, uh, in a way, maybe the movie would have been better served if Jeff Johns had just been the only one writing the script, as opposed to Berlanti and with Guggenheim and a bunch of other people. Right? Wasn't it more than those? Wasn't it somebody else besides those guys? I thought were working on that were involved at one point on that script. Um, um, so, but I have more faith. I have more faith in Jeff Johns. To say that, oh, because because that didn't work out. It's more disheartening it didn't work out, not just because it's our guy, but because that's the one, that's the material he should be able to, if he had complete, which I don't think he did, but if he had complete creative control and he could have actually, you know, put anything in the script or written anything that he wanted, that that was, of all the characters, that's the friggin' one that should have been really good, because that's where, that's pretty much where his bread and butter had has come from in, in our modern you know the modern incarnation of of Green Lantern and his what has put him on the map really 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 cemented him being on the map was because of Green Lantern. Uh, he was obviously a player before Green Lantern, you know, but still, you know, Green Lantern and what he did with, from Rebirth on, especially through Blackest Night, was what made him as incredibly hot and big as helped get him where he is now. So you would think so that was disheartening that. His that whatever his input was or wasn't on that movie, that it couldn't have been put together better. And it, I also would think they're better characters for if Jeff Johns was going to really be co-writing a, a movie. I would tend to think writing a Flash movie would be more up Jeff Johns' alley. Uh, if, I hear he owns every issue. 
I think you. I also think he, again. I would. I would rather get him be. And I personally would still rather him be involved in doing a. But see, if it's a Green Lantern core concept, I'm not as. I would want him doing it as much, because I don't think that was his best stuff. Working. I know he did the re, the recharge miniseries, but most. But most of his stuff was not really dealing with the Green Lantern core onto itself. So maybe I'd be a little less gung ho about him being the main. Right. You know, writing a Green Lantern core movie, but we don't know what the. We don't know, you know, where it's going to go or what the maybe. So maybe it would be okay, depending on what the threat was. But I kind of would personally like to see him more in a Green Lantern movie than Batman. But I'm almost would rather see him on, see him more on Superman because he has done more Superman, I think, than Batman. Well, he has been writing the Earth One Batman. That is true. He has been doing that, and he. But we know he has done Superman. Um, I don't know. I don't. Th- I think Affleck's a good. I think Affleck's a pretty good writer too. I think Affleck's a pretty good director. I think between the two of them, I think they could probably come up with a, a good idea. And so I'm not. I can understand why you'd be cautious about it and guarded about it. But I, I, I don't necessarily think that's that's bad news. But again, a, lo, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the DC slate is really going to be still pure speculation until it starts mm-hmm. being filmed. Batman v Superman is it? And if if it sucks, your whole lineup is done. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Suicide Squad's still happening because it's being filmed. Yes, yes, yeah. But but if Batman vs Superman sucks, then there goes the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 that domino that would take everything else down. As we know, it's going to make money. It's going to make a lot of money, especially going to make tons of money opening weekend. It's probably good period going to make a lot of money. Uh, it would have to really, really suck not to make a decent amount of money because Man of Steel, which was not, which was good but not great, Man of Steel still made decent money domestically. Not what they thought it was going to make, but still made decent money. Uh, but if, but if not just critics, but if fans really come out of that movie going, "Wow, this was no," you know, there are things we liked in it, but are they, or maybe the best way to put it, if people come out of don't come out of that movie, have they come out of that movie thinking of it as as or being as torn or about it or less than 100% enthusiastic, kind of like the Man of Steel reaction. If that movie isn't thought of much in much higher regard than Man of Steel, they're going to be in trouble. And if it comes out being thought of really, really even much less than Man of Steel, then yeah, their whole their whole universe building is really shot. You know, it may it may not be 100% DOA, but a lot of it's going to be DOA. They might still do some solo projects, and they still might hope to resurrect it, but a lot of the, a lot of the things that they're planning are going to go, you know, straight into the straight into the crapper. So Batman versus Superman's got to, you know, it's got to it's got to be good. It has to, you know, it has to be good. You know, Mar- Marvel is at this point, as we know, Marvel could afford to shoot some blanks, and they're going to be okay. Uh, as long as it's not a major one, like if they shot, if they were shooting blanks with Infinity Gauntlet Part One, then that would be a problem. And Marvel does have some. And let's be honest, you know, Marvel has some work to do. And maybe it's not a bad thing to kind of the eye of the tiger factor to make them work again. Not just because of Batman versus Superman, but as we kind of discussed in our Ultron episode, and now is even more relevant because of the fact that we, we've seen what kind of movie, what kind of money Jurassic World has made. That Ultron still, as successful as Ultron was, it still, it really, definitely now has to be considered somewhat of a disappointment from a box office point of view, because that was the movie that was supposed to break the Avengers records, and it didn't come close. And Jurassic World was not supposed to do anything like what it did, and it broke all the Avengers records. <laughs> so there's so 
Marvel is, not, you know, Marvel is in fact at up to this point they still look infallible because they haven't had a bomb since the, the Marvel universe movies has have really started rolling out. And we know Incredible Hulk did so so, but that was the closest thing to a real dud that they've had so far. And even that was, you know, did did okay when you factor in, you know, overseas money. Guardians did well. I'm sure Ant Man, you know. Ant-Man at the moment, of course, we don't know tracking. Sometimes you can exceed, even if it does open up to 65 million, which is a relatively low number now. It is, that's a pretty low number for a Marvel opening for a while. You have you have to go back to like Cap in the original Cap and Thor to have Marvel movies opening up somewhere in that range. So if it does really open up somewhere in that range, it doesn't crank up to the 70, close to 80 million, then that's a relatively soft, but it's a soft opening, but it's a soft opening for a character that's kind of like a C-tier character. So you can Marvel, I think, would still be happy with that. But Marvel still has a little bit of, I think they have some work to do to shore things up. But they can afford um, a relative, um, because right now a misstep for them means the movie just doesn't make a gazillion dollars. You know what I mean? It still makes a decent amount of money. While DC, DC needs a, DC needs a home run. And in, in now, even a double doesn't really help them because they're still they're so far behind, and it may not be the bottom of the ninth, but it's like the bottom of the seventh, and they're trying they're down by a lot of runs, and they're trying and they gotta start cut nibbling away if they're gonna have a shot. So they really need to start, you know, putting runs on the board. And if Batman versus Superman doesn't do it, because you certainly can't count on Suicide Squad to be a Guardians-like hit, you really can't. There's no reason to think that's likely. Look how many years it took for Marvel to build up their their more their movie universe to be able to roll the dice on something obscure, but they marketed it really well, so they so they succeeded in overcoming that potential, you know, drag. Just like it seems like they've done that with Ant Man. It seems like between the reviews and the marketing and doing going out of their way now to tie it into the Avengers universe and make it clear how much, how tied in it is to Marvel, the Marvel universe, you know, in the big picture and the, and what's coming, I think it seems like they've overcome that obstacle too. So Marvel has been really good at being able to avoid these stumbling blocks. And DC doesn't have any real... DC's had very little success outside of Superman and Batman. And and even Man of Steel was not that much more successful financially, certainly on the domestic level, than Superman Returns was. And most people consider Superman Returns a, a disappointment or a bomb. So... Yeah, DC's got a lot. The D- DC, Batman vs. Superman is probably the movie ha- that has the most at stake um, of all the superhero movies we were talking about. I, that's pretty, I think it's pretty clear that's the movie that has the most, most writing on its success. All right, anything else? Uh, I'm sure there's something else, but at this point, it's, <laughs> I can't think of it. <laughs> all right, you want to go ahead and close this out? Sure. Uh, if you want to email us, please, uh, email us at lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, lanterncast.com, access our forums, movie reviews, ring cyclopedias, latest news, uh, comic reviews. We've got a lot of stuff there. Uh, please check it, check it out. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook. You can use hashtag GLCast to find us on all of those. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us positive reviews on either or both. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN, 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. 
Good night, everybody. Good night.